You've been hearing how some big brands are winning through simplicity. But don't get intimidated. You can do this too, no matter the size of your team or your budget. Want to learn the six behaviors you can instill to create simple experiences for your customers and your team members? Download a free copy of my simple playbook today. It'll help you immediately turn your customer experience around and create an Amazon experience without having an Amazon budget. Grab your copy of my simple playbook at mattliles.com slash simple playbook. Welcome to the Simple Brand Podcast, the show dedicated to helping you create simple experiences for your customers and for your team members. Each week, we're bringing you amazing interviews with business leaders and authors who will teach you how to differentiate your business with the one thing your customers need the most, simplicity. Your customers live in a complex world. Let's make it simple. Now, here's your host, Matt Lyles. I talk to a lot of business owners who should be leading a successful business, but they're not. They're failing at getting customers to actually buy. They have a great product, they have a great team, but they're still failing. And so many of them fail because they don't know how to talk to their customers. They talk about what they want to tell about their product. What they don't do is talk about what their customer actually wants to hear. That's why the art of copywriting and messaging is essential for every business. It's even essential for any leader who's trying to motivate and influence someone else to take action. Whether you're giving a presentation, you're pitching a new idea to your leadership, or even when you're in a job interview. How you craft and deliver your message matters. But I get it. It's not easy to create a message that can authentically tap into your audience's emotions and move them to action without you being slick or sleazy. Thankfully, there's a simple framework for you to craft and write your message. And it was created by this week's guest, Ray Edwards. Ray is a communication strategist, copywriter, author, speaker, and host of one of the top business podcasts, The Ray Edwards Show. He's worked with a number of Fortune 500 companies and some of the most powerful names in leadership and business, like Tony Robbins, Michael Hyatt, Amy Porterfield, and many more. But more than just a master copywriter, Ray's developed a simple messaging framework that'll help you more effectively shepherd and influence any audience. And I'm thrilled that I get to talk with him about his framework today. Hi, Ray. How are you? Thanks for being here today. I am excellent. Thank you. It is my pleasure. You have kind of a different situation than a lot of other people that I talk to. So you focus on your copywriting business, but at the same time, you've also got a coffee shop business as well. Is that right? That is correct. We know we're still in the coronavirus pandemic. That's not easy, you know, managing your coffee shop. How's that going? Well, it's an everyday challenge, but it's one we're happy to meet and we've met it pretty well so far. We've been blessed with a steady stream of customers. We stayed open even when we couldn't have people dine in or sit down and have a cup of coffee at the counter we could give them takeout orders. And so we had a steady line of folks uh, coming into the shop, supporting us, supporting their caffeine habit. And um, we've had some super profitable months and it's been, it's been, I won't say it's been great, but it's allowed greatness to be displayed within us. How's that? 
I'll take it. I like hearing about how, you know, customers will, you know, support businesses and, and people like to support businesses that they know, like, and trust. So I imagine that your, your experience, you know, running your, I guess, primary business has helped with the coffee shop. Well, it has. And, you know, there are things that are different, of course. That's something that we learned as we, we took on the coffee shop thinking we've got all the answers. We've, we're the marketing guys. So therefore <laughs> there are no problems. And then we learned about bureaucratic licensing and compliance. And then we had this thing called coronavirus come along, which nobody had ever anticipated seeing happen. But it's been, it's been a fun challenge. It's been an opportunity to learn new things. And we have learned lots of new things. And um, it gives me a lot more insight and empathy into the plight of the everyday brick and mortar business person, for sure. Oh, wow. Empathy is one of the things that I do want to talk about because like that just permeates everything across business. But I want to talk about copywriting today. Too many business leaders I hear say that, you know, copywriting is just one more thing to focus on and it's re- and that copywriting you know, isn't as important to them as actually growing their business or growing their revenue. Why is copywriting so important? Well, because you're doing it whether you realize it or not. The question is not, <laughs> do you want to write copy? The question is, do you want to be an intentional copywriter or do you want to be an accidental one? There you and go. Yeah. If you're an accidental one, you're probably not doing yourself or your business or your customers a very good service because copywriting is nothing more than the communication we use to describe the value we bring to the world. So ask any business leader, do you think it's important to communicate your value to your marketplace? Well, yeah, sure I do. That's for the ad agency to do, the marketing people to do. I just, I make this stuff. I don't want to sully my hands with the marketing. It's, it's not that simple and it's not, it's not the dichotomy like that. It's not either or, it's both and. And selling is not something we do to people. It's something we do for people. It's a service that solves a problem for them. And so I think we've got to get clear about what, we're, what we mean by copywriting, what we mean by selling, what we mean by marketing. And what I mean is by serving people at the highest level possible, we communicate our value to them and we show them how we can solve a problem. Even if the problem is as simple as, I need a good cup of coffee right now. It's selling is not an activity that we do to extract money from people. It is a service we do for people to serve them better and higher and help them solve a problem. And when we see it from that perspective, it becomes different. And we realize that, oh, you know, I do need to get clear on my messaging. I need to get clear on the story I'm telling people about our business so they can see how we can help them. So taking it to that level and focusing more on how we serve people. Well, it gets right to the empathy piece that you mentioned earlier. So then how can somebody use empathy to better understand how they can serve people? Well, the easiest way to do this might be to go through the framework we created for writing copy. What do you think about doing that? Love it. Yeah. So the pastor framework, let's hear it. This is a, this is a framework we created for how to write your copy. It doesn't tell you how to write every word, but it tells you what pieces need to be in play to make your copy effective, your message effective to get people to take an action, to make a decision to buy or not to buy. And I chose the word pastor, not because I want you to be a preacher, but because the original connotation of the word pastor was to shepherd. And what does the shepherd do? The shepherd takes care of the flock, protects them, make sure they have food, water, that they're safe from predators. And as we all know, the good shepherd laid down his life for the sheep. And if you think of your, if you think of your customers in that way, that you're the shepherd and they're the flock, you won't be pushy or salesy or manipulative 
you'll be taking care of them and they can feel that coming from your heart and your messaging. So that's the mindset we approach it from. The letters of the word pastor stand for P, stands for person, problem, and pain. And you've got to start by thinking about the person you're writing to. This is where the empathy comes in. Empathy means look the person that you're speaking to in the eye and listen to what they're saying until you can understand the world they live in, understand the pain they're feeling. So that involves first knowing who the person is that you're writing to, who's your customer, who's your perfect customer, what is the pain they experience that you can help them solve. You can't take on all their pain because you can't fix all their pain, but there are certain areas of pain you can relieve if you have a business or a service or even even if you're an artist or a comedian or a performer, you're solving a problem for people. You're helping assuage pain, if you will, the pain of boredom, perhaps the pain of sadness, but pain nonetheless. And then that solves a problem. And the problem is maybe it's temporary sadness. Maybe it's being distracted. Maybe it's something more serious. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's physical pain. Maybe it's financial pain, but that's the source of the pain is always a problem. So the person, the problem and the pain are the three, three primary focuses you make up front. That's how you establish empathy. And then the A of pastor stands for amplify. This is where we amplify the pain and the consequences uh, to the pain if you don't solve the problem. There's always a cost to not solving a problem. We like to pretend there's not, but there always is. And then the A also stands for aspirations. So not only are we going to point out the pain and amplify it and show them what's going to happen if they don't solve the problem, we also want to show them their aspirations what they want to have happen, what they want things to be like. And that too actually is a form of pain. I call it aspirational pain because if we aspire to something, why do we aspire to it? Because we don't have it yet. Right. Then the S stands for story, struggle, solution, and system. And the reason for all those S's is quite simple. People want to hear, they don't, they don't just want to hear you have this, the answer to the problem. They want to hear, how'd you get it? How did you come to understand this about the problem that I have, the pain that I feel? How'd you come figure out the solution? They want to hear the story. They want to hear that you had a struggle. Nobody wants to hear from, nobody wants to learn how to get rich from the guy who won the lottery. <laughs> right. Because we can't duplicate that. But if, if there's somebody who struggled through something similar to what we struggle through, we do want to hear that because it gives us hope that we too could achieve the solution they, they achieved. So st- the story of your struggle, how you discovered your solution to the problem, and the system that you created so that anybody can duplicate your results. And then the T stands for transformation and testimony. And this is key because we we get caught up in selling stuff, whether it's a truck or a house or a service or a course or a training we do or coaching that we sell, whatever it may be, a widget, a gadget. We get stuck in selling the stuff. We forget that people aren't buying the stuff. They're buying the transformation. Nobody bought an iPod when they first came out. What they bought was a thousand songs in their pocket. All right. Nobody buys an iPad now. Everybody buys a portable computing and internet experience that allows them to access all their information anywhere, anytime, in a convenient way they can, you can carry in any small bag or in, a, in your pocket if you use an iPhone. So just remember, you're not selling the, the stuff, the DVDs, the DVDs. Who buys DVDs anymore? <laughs> you're not selling the course. You're not selling the modules, the hours of recordings. You're not selling the books, the manuals, the workbooks. You're not selling the supplements. You're not selling the house. You're selling home. You're selling a transformation, a change in their life. That's why if you watch the, uh, like the P90X commercials, they show all these people with hard bodies working out. They're not selling the workout routine. They're not selling the chin-up bar. They're not selling the supplements. They're not selling the wall chart. They're selling the transformation. They're selling the 90 days later, you can look like this. That's why 70% of their commercial consists of before and after pictures and videos. 
they want you to find somebody in that mass of people in that infomercial that looks like you right now. And they want to show you what they look like 90 days later. They want you to think I could look like that in 90 days. I'm going to buy the system. So you're buying the transformation. And the O is the offer. That's what I'm actually selling. So the O of pastor's offer. That's, that is the stuff. But we, we, again, turn the focus back to the stuff gets you something. What does it get you? We turn, this, we turn the focus back to the transformation. So even though in this part I'm going to say, yes, you get eight workout videos. Yes, you get the wall chart. Yes, you get the chin-up bar. Yes, you get the protein powder. But what you're really getting is you're getting the fat melting off you like butter in a microwave. You're getting your abs showing through the definition. You're getting stronger. You're getting more flexible. You're getting more energy. You're looking younger. You're getting the transformation. So even when you're talking about the offer itself, this is what I'm selling. This is what you get. This is how much it costs. You're doing so in the context of the transformation. And then the R is simply request a response. Ask them to buy. It's shocking how many people have something to sell, but they never get around to this. Simply saying, let's go ahead and have you buy now. Press this button, fill in this form, put your credit card number in. Let's get you started. So you have to ask them to buy. In the words of Alec Baldwin in that movie, get them to sign on the line, which is dotted. And that's the pastor framework. It works for anything, whether you're selling a product or an idea, or it can even work for writing a blog post or coming up with a podcast outline or a video script or even a social media post. You're always persuading people of something when you communicate. There is no, there is no communication that is not persuasion. That's right. Yeah. I want to go back and talk about uh, the amplify portion of this. To me, it sounds like you're showing them a fork in the road, so to speak. Here's the aspiration. And then here's what happens if you don't do this. A lot of times I'll see marketing that only shows the aspiration side. What's the importance of showing both of those sides? Look, we know psychologically people will do much more to get out of pain than they will to get into pleasure. We know they'll do much more to avoid loss than they will to get gain. I don't know why we're like that. It doesn't make logical sense, but it's how we're wired. So if you don't show people the pain they're going to experience if they don't fix the problem, it's much less likely they're going to change. It's much much less likely they're going to make a decision to buy. So I think it's really important that we don't shy away from that. People don't want to do that because they don't want to be negative. They don't want to be seen as, I don't want to be seen as selling the negative or selling through fear. It's not that you're doing that. It's that you're saying, look, here's the reality. If you don't change your eating and exercise habits, you're going to have arteriosclerosis. You're going to have heart disease. You're going to have cancer, diabetes, Alzheimer's. All these things can happen to you as a result. You increase the risk that can happen to you because you don't take care of your body. This is the pain you're going to experience if you don't fix this now. You probably already feel some of the aches and pains in your joints. Your pants don't fit anymore. Your, your weight keeps creeping up. Your cholesterol keeps going up. You know what's happening. Don't let yourself end up in an early grave. And that might seem too strong, but is it really serving somebody to let them pretend everything's okay? I don't think so. No, no. That helps to push people along in that decision. And that's our job. As you talk about the past pastor in general, and, the re- and part of the reason behind the naming, I love the, the shepherding aspect. And another thing that a shepherd does is a shepherd guides. You know, a shepherd guides the flock, you know, like what, where they need to go. And it sounds like, you know, the framework guides the reader, you know, guides the customer through the copy. But I'm curious about the language that's used in here as well. So would the language also uh, show the brand as a guide? Well, I certainly hope so, because the last thing you want to come across as is some arrogant um, know-it-all 
person or brand who has all the answers to the questions and should not be should not be resisted or questioned in, in yourself. I mean, you, you people don't respond well to that authoritarian approach most of the time. So I think we have to remember that we're not the hero of the story. We are a guide that's helping them along the way. And if we do our job well, that's how we're perceived. So we've got to speak their language. We've got to speak in their terms. We've got to talk about the pain and the way they feel it, not the way we think they should feel it. And that's why nobody using this framework, if they use it correctly, will ever sound like a parrot or a, a copycat of me or anybody else, because you'll be speaking in your voice with the language of your customer, speaking about their pain, using this just as a guideline of which way to go next in your messaging. And that way it's always going to be tailored to the people you're selling to. And that's who you got to focus on. The focus has got to be completely on your customer, not on you. And so if you say that the focus needs to be completely on the customer and that you're not the, you, you as the brand are not the hero of the story, then does that make the customer the hero? Absolutely. Just ask them. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're all the hero of our own movie. We're all the star of our own movie. We're the star. We're the director. We write the script. We do the special effects. We, we even do the soundtrack. <laughs> Pretty much. Everyone likes to see themselves in the story. Everyone likes to see themselves as the story. Let's tell it like it is. Oh, at, as the story. Beautiful. The pastor framework, does that work no matter business or industry or even if it's B2C or B2B? Yeah, yeah, I'm so glad you asked that question because yes, of course it does. Because if you're if you're selling B2B, who are you selling to? There's a person on the other end somewhere in that company, that, that other business that's going to make the buying decision or persons. So you're still selling to people to people. It's always that's people right. to people. Yeah, there's always a person behind there. The pastor framework, you know, it follows a pretty set process, but what if somebody decides or what if someone thinks that there's one step in there that, uh, that they feel they shouldn't have to do? Is there any danger in skipping any of those steps? Well, I wouldn't be so arrogant as to say there's danger. I think, I think you probably lose something along the way in, in terms of effectiveness of your selling message. But my suggestion would be this. If you want to try this out, just do it my way first and then test the way you want to do it. Then you have a baseline because mm-hmm. this, this framework is not something I just made up one day. It's something I've studied and thought about for a long time. I have many case studies, clients that I've worked with, looking at other people's advertising and marketing campaigns and analyzing them. So it's not just something I arbitrarily just decided one day, I think I'll make something up and call it something. So it works for a reason. So I suggest do it the way you're, it's laid out first and then experiment. If you feel like you need to try something different, experiment because... There are certainly cases where you can, you can leave out a step, even though you think you're leaving it out, you're really not. It's inherently covered in some other piece of the communication you're doing. But I understand what people are saying. They're like, I don't want to tell a story about me discovering the solution because I didn't discover it. Well, think through that carefully. Somebody discovered it. How did they discover it? It may be important to tell that story. It probably is. It doesn't have to be 10 pages of story. It could be one sentence. But I'd say include all the pieces as described in the instructions first, then experiment with doing it differently. So, and, and that's something that like that I'll, that I say to people sometimes is, you know, first learn the rules and then you'll know when, where, and how you can bend the rules. Yeah. I mean, it's like any, like if you're training a musician to play the piano, 
Yeah. First, you need to learn how to read the music. Then you, then you, need, to, then you need to learn how to play the notes as they are on the sheet music. Then you can improvise. But if you improvise before, then you don't understand the principles behind it, so you won't sound very nice. <laughs> no. Maybe to, maybe to you, but not to anybody else. Yeah. Well, you talked about you know case studies and research uh, that that looks at this framework. So, what are some great examples of brands who are doing this the right way? What are some good examples of brands who are following the pastor framework? Apple computer, you may have heard of them. I've heard of them. I think 80% of the equipment on my desk right now is Apple. Yeah, think about their marketing. I mean, they don't, people say Apple doesn't use sales letters. Really? Go to the, go to the Apple website and look at the site, the page for the MacBook Pro and tell me that's not a sales letter. It's a long scrolling sales letter. It's well designed. It's very minimalist, but it's there. And it definitely addresses the problems the pain we experience using computing equipment, the, the problems we need to solve with it. It definitely does have a story behind it. We all know the story, the legendary story of Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak and the garage and 1984. And those of us who've been around long enough, we've heard the whole story. Yeah. Um, we definitely know the transformation that we have when we have a computer that just works. We definitely know the, the magic of a computer that's easy to use. It's beautiful. It's, it's, the design and the function work powerfully together. We definitely know that, that it solves a problem for us. It makes a transformation in the way our work experience plays out. And the offer is right there. It's on a button called buy now. And it's all simply laid out too. It's quite simple. Yeah. It's, and simplicity is hard. People think being simple means, well, that's easy. No, it's difficult to be simple. It's difficult to, communi- it's difficult to communicate with simplicity, but it's worth the effort. It takes a lot of work to make something simple. Yes. A lot of people, some, sometimes myself included, a lot of people can be scared of copywriting. And when I say scared, meaning scared that the copywriting process sounds, or, or scared that the actual copy itself is too inauthentic, sleazy, slick, icky, slicky, if that's a term. How can people get over that fear? Well, there's a very simple technique I use, which is if you feel that way about your copy, go back and look at it and rewrite it until it doesn't feel sleazy, icky, or slicky. <laughs> there because you go. You can, you can, use, you can use this, this framework without using any of the trigger words that may make you feel that way or using the big red font. Or I'm not suggesting any of those things. I'm saying there's a, there's a pattern of communication that works to persuade people to make a decision. Use that pattern, but use your language. Let it come from you. Let it sound like you. Let it speak to them, and you'll be fine. You won't have any of those feelings. If you have any of those feelings, then you need to rewrite it until it doesn't feel that way. But really what it comes down to is knowing what's my objective in this communication that I'm having right now, whether it's on a page or on a podcast or on a video, and what's my ideal outcome, and what things do I need to make sure this person knows thinks about, understands, or believes for them to reach the conclusion I want them to reach, and how do I best communicate to them in this environment? That's what we're really talking about. And I've just given some shortcuts, but it's still the same process. And to me, it sounds like that business leaders can use that framework and use that approach, even if they're not uh, literally selling a product. So sometimes, you know, like, you know, if everybody is still trying to 
communicate to others and influence others to take some sort of action, even if they're not like literally selling a product that day. So can the pastor framework still work in those situations? Yeah, I use it for all the emails I write, including the personal emails I write. I think about oh, wow. I do. What, what problem am I addressing? Is there a problem? What's the pain here? Is it just we haven't connected in a while? Um, what stories do I want to tell that will be relevant to them, that'll be interesting to them? What do I want to get them to do? What's the transformation I'm looking for? Because I don't want to come into contact with anybody without making some kind of positive transformation in their life. So if I'm writing an email to my mom, or if I'm making a speech to my customers at a seminar, or if I'm making a speech at social media marketing world, or I'm talking at my church, I'm still communicating with a desire to persuade or to, um, to communicate a change. Even if it's not selling a product, I'm selling something. It's an idea. It's a belief. It's a belief in themselves. When I send text messages to our text list, um, I'm sending something that makes them feel better about themselves, which is me selling them on feeling good about life, despite what's going on right now. All right. So it's still the same thing we're doing through communication. It's still the same pastor framework every time. And it sounds like, you know, just making sure that we step back and we get really intentional every time we communicate with somebody. Yeah. And intentional about them. What effect is it having on them? Yes. That's called empathy. That's right. And, and, And it goes back to focusing on serving them and not focusing on yourself. That's beautiful. Yep. And some people say, well, how do you, how do you make a profit that way? That's the only way to make a profit. That's how you're going to gain customers trust. And when you have their trust, you get their loyalty. And when you get their loyalty, (laughs) they come back to you time and time again. It's so funny. People ask me, how do you get somebody's trust? And my answer is very simple. Deserve it. Oh yeah, that's it. When approaching copywriting, what's the biggest mistake you're seeing? What, what do you want to tell brands? Do not do this. There's two things. First of all, do not ignore it and think that you just cannot do it mm. because you have an aversion to copywriting. You think copywriting is like selling like a carnival barker. You think it's like having the big red font circled with yellow highlighter and the page marked up. You know the kind of website I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. So you think it's that, so you just ignore it altogether. So don't do that. Don't ignore it because that's a big mistake. Ignoring the, if I put it this way, if I said, you should ignore the skill with which you communicate to your people. Nobody would say, yeah, that's right. (laughs) We all agree. That's crazy, Ray. So don't ignore it. And number two, don't, don't copy what you think copywriting is supposed to look like. If you buy the idea you want to use copywriting, don't decide, okay, now I'm going to look like a huckster. And, and take the, the direct response copy of the past that looks like junk mail, that looks like a carnival barker or a slimy salesman or a get-rich-quick scheme. Right. Don't duplicate that and think you're doing copywriting because the cop, listen to me carefully if you listen to me at all. Writing copy is not about what it looks like. It's about what it communicates. Brand may have something to do with what it looks like. Look at Apple. Their copy looks very different from mine because they're a very different company. They have a very different brand. Right. But writing copy has nothing to do with what the copy looks like. It's all about the message that's being communicated. And how it serves that, that audience. Yeah, for sure. It must. If it doesn't, it's useless. It's a sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. <laughs> there you go. I've learned a whole lot from you today. And I know that there's a lot more that people can learn. So where can people go to learn more from you? 
Well, you can go to rayeverage.com. We've got a, a, several really helpful pieces you can download for free. One of them is my six-part persuasion framework, which is the pastor framework explained in much more detail. It's totally free. It's the first thing you'll see on the site when you get there. So I suggest you just sign up. Put in your, you have to put in your email address to get it, of course, because I'm a marketer. That's why. <laughs> that's right. Um, but if you, don't, if you don't want me to have your email address, just put, put your email address in, download the thing, and then unsubscribe. I wish you wouldn't do that, but you may. You have my permission. And if you're listening and you do give Ray your email address, you shouldn't unsubscribe because there's lots and lots of valuable lessons. Well, I think so. Thank you, man. Yeah, you're welcome. Ray, last question. If you were to create a five-song soundtrack for your work, what songs would you include? Oh, let's see. Okay, so Back in Black. Yeah. Um, let's see. Don't judge me. Highway to Hell. Oh, wow. Um, pour Some Sugar on Me. Sweet Child of Mine. How many is that? That's, uh, that's four right there, but those are four strong uh, 80s hair metal songs there. Yeah, and so now i got to carefully pick my last one. Let's see. I've only got five songs. Let's see. Hysteria. Oh, there you go, man. Wow. So I, okay. I, um, I have a much better sense of who you are now based on these songs. That's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, you, you I, dunk, I like me some rock and roll. I, I do too. And you doubled down on the ACDC and the Def Leppard. Good job. Thank you, sir. Well, Ray, thank you again. This has been very valuable. I've learned a lot and I hope if you're listening, I hope you're learning a lot too. So Ray, thanks very much. Thank you, Matt. It's been my distinct pleasure. Anytime. I hope you enjoyed my discussion with Ray Edwards. Now, before you go and learn more from him at rayedwards.com, go ahead and check out his podcast, The Ray Edwards Show. I mean, you're already in a podcast player, so that should be pretty simple for you to go and check it out right now. And if you're enjoying the Simple Brand Podcast, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. It'll make it a lot simpler for you to get future episodes like the next one featuring Scott Miller. Scott's the executive VP of thought leadership with Franklin Covey. He's the host of Franklin Covey's On Leadership with Scott Miller podcast, and he's one of the few authors who's written a leadership book filled with lessons on what not to do, management mess to leadership success. So go ahead and subscribe and you'll automatically get Scott's episode as soon as it's live. Until then, keep it simple. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Simple Brand Podcast. Want to make your listening experience simple and automatically receive each new episode? Visit our website, simplebrandpodcast.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. If you're finding value from the Simple Brand Podcast, leave us a rating or review. That helps us get the show to the ears of the people who need it most. Be sure to catch Matt right here next week. Same Matt time, same Matt channel. Until then, keep it simple.